Hey friends, you're listening to the Shine Brighter podcast. Burnout is the worst, but together we'll explore the great ways that we can choose to shine brighter than the darkness around us, in our work, at home, and just in everyday life. Now, I'm not an expert or anything, but I love that there are a million ways that we can shine bright. I'm your host, Bo Lunsford. Now, let's shine brighter together. We are back, and it is time for another episode of the Shine Brighter podcast. I still can't believe that it has been almost a month since we wrapped up our conversation with Carly Caldwell. She is perfect, and I still can't get over how thankful I am to her for taking the time to talk to us. I don't think it hurts to remind everyone now that this podcast is primarily based on my own personal experiences and observations of the world around me. I don't claim to be a burnout expert or a guru of any kind, but I do openly admit to having experienced burnout for myself firsthand. I've talked briefly about it before, and maybe one day I'll do a full detail story time on it, but for now, my hope is to use the experiences I've had and the observations in my own life to keep others from having to experience the emotional and mental turmoil that comes with burning out. This disclaimer resonated loudly in my head recently as I was reading, well, actually listening to, today's reverse sponsor. Suzanne Stabile's latest book, The Journey Towards Wholeness, Enneagram Wisdom for Stress, Balance, and Transformation. I'm not even halfway through it, and I am already recommending it to everyone I know. Directly from the book's online description, in everything from healthcare and politics to technology and economics, we are experiencing feelings of loss, anger, and anxiety. In the Enneagram's wisdom, our number determines how we respond. We automatically move to another number when we're feeling stress and to yet another number when we're feeling secure. Such moves may help us feel better temporarily, but it won't last. Just starting this book has me reevaluating how I have processed parts of my story that have been traumatic, which honestly feels like a heavy word, but I am learning that even smaller painful experiences can leave remnants of trauma. The Enneagram is such an incredible tool for development and understanding, but this book is a deeper dive into how we can use it for healing and growth to be the best versions of ourselves. So this is me out loud reminding myself that this podcast is a project to help others and share what I've learned and not the end all be all of burnout genius. I am a severe external processor and sometimes need to be intentional about those kinds of reminders. If you are my friend in real life, you will probably hear me suggest this book to you at some point in the near future, but regardless, I can't suggest too soon or too often to get your hands on it ASAP. The work to better ourselves is just that, work, and the Enneagram is an incredible tool to do so. This book is called The Journey Towards Wholeness, Enneagram Wisdom for Stress, Balance, and Transformation by Suzanne Stabile, and the Amazon link will be in the show notes. Today's topic has been rolling around in my head for a while, and I am so excited to finally get to share it with you. Today, we are shifting gears a little. We've talked about the burnout spectrum and what it looks like to say no now so that we can say yes in the future. Today is going to feel a little contradictory. With as much talk as we have done about setting healthy boundaries and prioritizing our own needs, the phrase, love thy client, is going to feel counterintuitive. But what if I told you that one of the ways that we can prevent burnout is by taking our relationships with these clients and customers to that next level? Now, there are already some of you out there who are mentally checking out on me. Well, stop. 
a hope I have for this podcast is that there is something for everyone in each episode, though some will definitely be more targeted than others. So as we talk today about clients and customers, and you think to yourself, I don't have those kind of interactions in my world. I encourage you to open up your mind and experiences to listen for the ways that you can choose joy and love as a way of helping to fight off burnout in your scope of experiences. Now, let's dive into what it looks like to love thy client. Love is a feeling. Sometimes it hits us quickly or without warning. It can sneak up on us and it can even disappear as quickly as it appears. But love is also much more. Love is also a choice we make. Ask almost any married person and they will probably tell you that every day they wake up and they make a choice to love their partner and that there are some days that that choice is easier than others. Love is a powerful force with the ability to both lift us up and tear us down depending on how we choose to wield it. Love plays a role in burnout too. I believe that loving our clients or our customers or even our coworker can keep us from burning out. When we choose to love our clients, we choose to filter out the things that have the potential to weigh us down. Loving your clients reminds us that we have to choose our joy. Loving your clients provides a gauge as to where you sit on that burnout spectrum. Now, if you haven't listened to the Shine Brighter episode on the spectrum of burnout, I encourage you to go back right now and listen to our premiere episode, The Spectrum of Burnout. It's there that we discuss my belief, which is that burnout happens when both passion and commitment are present. And I think that our ability to choose to love our clients, customers, coworkers, whoever it is that you deal with in your work and life is a close cousin to passion, and it affects the way that we navigate the spectrum of burnout. Burnout comes from a place of lacking, in addition to unnecessary pressure. We find ourselves giving too much of ourselves to our work, and then not getting enough in return. We fail to set healthy boundaries, and then become resentful of being taken advantage of. We are unable to find joy in our day-to-day, and then feel drained by the time wasted on less-than activities. Choosing to care for and love your clients gives us the starter fuel towards infusing our everyday with joy. When you spend time with people that you care about, it's an immediate boost of serotonin. So imagine choosing to develop a connection with your clients where you can give yourself that boost by making a phone call or sending an email that you already have to make anyways. For personal reference, the company I work for full-time manages insurance programs for large-scale construction projects. It's exciting stuff, let me tell you. Before I began working with our marketing team, I was an account associate, working with project teams, insurance brokers, and lower-tier subcontractors. I got the chance to work with all sorts of very cool construction projects all across the United States. As an account associate, I was usually delivering bad news to people about things that they frankly didn't understand. I call them and tell them the forms they submitted aren't correct, or the insurance they have isn't sufficient, and that this fact will keep them from doing their actual jobs until it is fixed. We've talked before about the importance of delegating, and that's what our clients have done. They've delegated the review and collection of these forms out to our company so that they can do what only they can do. We take this administrative work off of their plate 
and create space for them to shine in their line of business. So these people who I'm reaching out to for this information should probably hate seeing my name in their inbox or my number on their caller ID. I mean, I'm filling up their plate with requests for things that they don't have time, energy, or often understanding for. But for some reason, they don't seem to dread my calls or emails. And when they call me, they're usually frustrated and confused, but by the time that we're done talking, these people are often laughing and thankful for the conversation. There is no reason that I should enjoy talking to these clients who, for all intents and purposes, should hate hearing from me. But I have sought to make every experience with our clients as positive and enjoyable as possible. In order to complete the basic tasks that my job required of me, I added in three client tasks to my list. To listen, to support, and to connect. To listen. Often the calls I get are from clients who just need a place to vent out their frustrations. The electrician I'm talking to doesn't know up nor down in terms of insurance. And frankly, they shouldn't have to. That's why they hire insurance brokers to deal with these things for them. So I'm here to listen, to validate their frustrations and just make sure they feel heard. The information I have is probably still bad news, but my goal is to create the space my client needs to share and to ask questions. This is something that any client or customer wants, to be heard. No, we can't always fix the problem, but we can validate our clients' feelings and frustrations. To support. When speaking to clients, our vice president of IT always says, don't worry, we'll get this figured out. No, I can't solve my client's issue right then and there 75% of the time, but assuring that person on the other end of the phone that I'm on their team gets us nearly halfway there. This little phrase sets the client up to hear my words with a supportive spirit, not a damning one. Sometimes, quote-unquote, getting it figured out means telling them they don't have to figure it out. Reminding a client that I am a support figure, just like their insurance agent, gives them permission to not understand all the ins and outs of the insurance world. I'm here to support them in connecting the pieces or the people so that they can do what they've been hired to do, which is rarely insurance. Even if we aren't support staff, we're still a support system for our clients. No matter what your role is or what job you do in the process of your company, you are still a connection point that customers and clients have access to. You represent access to a solution, even if you're not the one who will be able to provide it. To connect. It's hard to love people who don't love you back. And I would venture to say that none of the clients I deliver bad news to on a regular basis love me, per se. But when I go out of my way to slow down and connect with them as individuals, it allows them to not hate me long enough to gain their respect and confidence. Eventually, they come to a place where they trust that I'm here to help them, not hinder them. This connection is built usually through tone and language. Using collective terminology like, let's take a look, or let's see what we can do, puts you on their team. Affirming their concerns and creating a common point of connection, usually the annoying nature of insurance, does the trick. All of this sounds great in theory, but how does this practice of loving our clients prove to help us prevent burnout? 
See, I think that when we are engaged with someone else, a client, a coworker, whoever it may be, they become our partner in that instance, in that situation. By choosing to reach a little further across the aisle, we're setting our partner up for success. We are doing what we can to ease and release some of that tension that our partner is facing by listening, supporting, and connecting with them beyond what maybe our job specifically requires of us. Frustrated, negative, or angry people rarely help to alleviate symptoms of burnout. So if we're doing our part to eliminate that hostility or ease that frustration or simmer that anger through loving them in ways that we've talked about here, we're doing our future self a favor by creating healthy environments for us to thrive in. Of course, there will always be instances when even loving our client will not alleviate the pressure that they are bringing to the table. And it's in those instances we have to evaluate the situation and determine if what we would need to give to that person would be too great a sacrifice or a burden. As I mentioned before, we can use our ability to love our client as a gauge as to where we are currently sitting on that spectrum of burnout. When the links that you're able to healthily go to in order to listen, connect, and support our clients comes most naturally, you're probably sitting in that remind stage of burnout. The choice to find joy in a relationship with a coworker, partner, or customer in the remind stage is not too far a reach to achieve. As we move into the re-inspired stage, the reaction to choose love is a genuine choice. You're probably having to wrestle with the choice to love, but it's still a choice that feels available to you. You might not always make that choice, but it's one that you haven't forgotten is available in times of stress or conflict. Once we reach that final burnout stage, reignite, the choice to love our client seems an impossible feat. Every conflict feels like your partner is on the other side of a deep, wide canyon, impossible to bridge with any kind of listening, supporting, or connecting. The thought of going an extra inch, much less a mile, feels exhausting and fruitless. We are at no loss for a laundry list of reasons why choosing to love is a lost cause and a waste of our time and energy. We have lost all hope and the darkness is closing in. That gut check we make when faced with the choice to love or not to love our client is a great indicator of where we might be on the spectrum of burnout. This gives us just another tool to help us align our goals and reset our gaze on what we need to refill our tank and press on. Nowhere in my official job description does it say, love your client, but making the choice to love my clients makes my real job easier. I have so many people that I speak to on a weekly, monthly, or even quarterly basis that I honestly do not enjoy talking to. They can be unintelligent, unhelpful, ignorant, or even sometimes downright mean, but my job is to make sure that they know that our team is here to help them. Because of the extra time I take with these clients, they know I'm not putting roadblocks in their path, but I'm doing what I can to help them clear the way. Now, next time we have bad news to deliver or have to deny access to a job site, these clients know that we want them to win and we're not out to undo their success. So when taking that extra time or energy to support someone who's having a hard time drains me, frustrates me, or stresses me out in an extreme way, it tells me that my place on the burnout spectrum is not where I want it to be. 
And it allows me to put some boundaries or practices into place to either remind, re-inspire, or reignite my passion or commitment that I've lost. Loving your client starts with you. We make the choice at the beginning of every day that we want to help. We want to see our clients succeed. By loving them, even when it's hard, and believe me, I know that it is hard, they are able to hear me when I have to be harsh or impede their final goal. At my job, my clients are painters and electricians, not insurance brokers. Success for them is priming an office wall or installing outlets. So we have to remember that we are just a means to an end, and we should want our clients achieving that end. Communicating that we want to do everything we can to help get our clients compliant and off of our list of deficiencies helps build the bridge to a healthy working environment for the future. The extra layer of care we offer by listening, supporting, and connecting assures these people that they are more than just a number on a phone or a name on a list. Loving our clients affirms that we are here to help them, not hurt them. And the effort we have to put into making that choice helps us to see where we might be thriving or in danger of burning out. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Shine Brighter. I hope that this crazy idea of going the extra mile to listen, support, and connect to the people that you are working with and around in order to prevent yourself from burning out in the long run wasn't too chaotic of an idea for you to follow. This has been an idea living in my head for quite a while, and so I am so excited to finally get it out of my head and into the world. If you have questions about what this looks like in your world, I would love to explore more of that with you. You can reach me on all the socials for the podcast at Shine Brighter Pod and in the same places on my personal account at Bo Lunsford. This podcast was never intended to be a soapbox. It's a tool that's going to help us all grow together in a world where burnout is all too common. You can also email me at shinebrighterpod at gmail.com because I am currently too cheap to buy a full domain for the email for the podcast. That is all that I have for now, my friends. I cannot wait to be back together again with you next month on the Shine Brighter Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today to the Shine Brighter Podcast. If you liked anything that you heard today, subscribe, follow, and rate the show so that other people can find it. Maybe even share it with someone that you think might enjoy it. Join us next time on the Shine Brighter Podcast. Burning bright, not burning out.